This week's Torah portion is Parshat Bechar, and it continues with the theme of ordering Jewish time. Last week laid out the cycle of holidays in one Jewish year, all the way from Rosh Hashanah to Shavuot, which we're about to celebrate. And this week lays out the yearly cycle in a Jewish century. Just as we observe Shabbat, now at the end of a long week, the seventh day of rest, the Torah teaches us to observe a sabbatical year. At the end of six years, the seventh year will be a year to rest the land. And after seven sabbatical years, so after 49 years, we celebrate a 50th Jubilee year. So in this context, we read Leviticus 25, which describes the laws of this 50th Jubilee year. And we immediately notice a redundancy. See if you can hear it. In verse 14, the Torah teaches us, when you sell property to your neighbor or buy any from your neighbor, you shall not wrong one another. Then three verses later in verse 17, the Torah teaches, do not wrong one another, but fear your God, for I am the eternal, your God. The rabbis don't believe in coincidences. Every repetition, particularly if the Hebrew is the same as it is here, has meaning. And in the Midrash, it teaches that the verse is referring to two different kinds of wrongs. In verse 14, when you sell property to your neighbor or buy any from your neighbor, you shall not wrong one another. That's about monetary wrongs. For those in real estate in the room, you can appreciate that. That's a legal, a legal way in which you cheat someone of money. But verse 17, do not wrong one another, but fear your God, for I am the eternal your God, is about verbal wrongs. It's a different kind of way that you can harm someone else. The Talmud in Baba Metziah 58b builds upon this midrash and asks, well, what is a verbal wrong? How do you wrong someone verbally? And the rabbis answer this question by giving some very specific examples. If a person has done tshuva, if they've repented, you should never say to them, remember your former deeds? Remember all those bad things you did in the past? Or if the person is the child of someone who converted, you should never taunt them by saying, remember the deeds of your ancestors? If the person themselves converted and they come to you to study Torah, you should never say to them, shall the mouth that ate non-kosher food come to study the Torah, which was uttered by the mouth of God. If a person is visited by suffering, they're ill or they've buried a child, you should never speak to them as Job's companion spoke to him saying, is not your reverence for God your safety, your hope, as I have seen those who plow mischief reap it. If someone wants to buy grain and they ask your advice, you should not direct him to so-and-so if you know that so-and-so has never sold grain before. And lastly, you should never feign interest in a purchase if you have no money to buy it. These practical examples of how one could verbally wrong another person seem to have the common theme of shame or embarrassment, reminding people of their past, blaming them for their pain, 
and taking advantage of them. And as I read them, the rabbinic scenarios feel surprisingly familiar 2,000 years later. How many of us have joked about someone else's past? Remember when you had that horrible perm? I can't believe how skinny you used to be when I knew you in high school. Things that seem funny, but don't always come off that way to the other person. Or sometimes we've said something awkward to a friend who's just learned of a cancer diagnosis. Do you eat organic food? What kind of sunscreen do you wear? Maybe that, maybe that had an effect. Or when we pretend to be interested in a fancy product, like test driving a new Tesla for an hour, even though we were never going to buy it. Many of these moments do not start with malintent. We think that we are being funny or even helpful. We don't know the other person that well, or we are just trying to think of something to fill the silence. Or we've really always wanted to drive a Tesla. Nor are these examples all equal. Some verbal wrongs weigh more heavily on their targets than others. A salesperson may be used to all kinds of customers coming in, while a recently bereaved parent may never forget the hurtful words of a neighbor, said casually or uncomfortably. But we don't always know the impact that we will have on someone else. We often focus on what we can quantify. We often focus on the monetary wrongs, the debts we owe, the legal fees we need to pay. But our tradition is more concerned about what cannot be measured, the psychological harm caused by being publicly shamed by someone you know, the ways that we hurt the people around us, often unintentionally, but painfully nonetheless. Judaism teaches that our words matter. They have the ability to create. In Breshit, in Genesis, God creates our world in six days using dvarim, using words. God says, let there be light, and there is light. We have an idea that words are physical things in and of themselves. They build things, and they take them down. And in this digital age, I'm more and more reminded that it's all the more true. We say in Hebrew, kal v'chomer, all the more so, today our words seem to have even more impact because they have more life. They last for longer. Five minutes on a Facebook feed or a Twitter page can reveal countless examples of this, whether it's posting an old, less than flattering picture of someone without their permission from their past, or teasing a coworker about their sexual orientation when they have yet to come out to their family, or a late night rant about a politician during election season that comes back to haunt you during a job interview. Or even my sister shared with me an example that she has someone who she went to college with who decided that while born a man, they wanted to live as a woman. And they asked all their friends to stop posting anything that referred to their previous life when they were Adam, as opposed to Adina today. That was a made up name, just so you, just so you know. But, but the point being that there are all sorts of ways in which our digital footprint has become so much more eternal, so much more everlasting than how we think of memory or how we think of our identity and our public persona and also how we think of what shame or embarrassment looks like. Our potential to verbally wrong one another 
has radically increased in the 21st century. So when Parshat Behar emphasizes, do not wrong one another, do not wrong one another, the Talmud concludes by saying, Rabbi Eliezer said, verbal wrong affects the victim's person, literally their soul, the other only his money. And Rabbi Shmuel ben Nachmani said, for monetary wrong, restoration is possible, but rarely for verbal wrong. I take that last not to mean that tshuva, not to mean that repentance is impossible, but more to warn us about the power of words to both build and to destroy. When we look back onto the wisdom of the Talmud and the wisdom of our Torah portion, our tradition offers us timeless lessons in how to be good to each other today. Shabbat Shalom.